Hello and welcome once again to the Political Buzz Show. My name is Rene Hinojosa. I am your host. Um, today's topic is going to be about an interview uh, that former National Security Advisor uh, John Bolton um, was featured on Newsmax. And uh, in that particular interview, uh, there seemed to be some type of sparring session going on between Bolton and Schmidt, the host from Max. And uh, they were one side, of course, Schmidt. He had posted um, some graphics behind uh, this interview, and he was espousing uh, all these things that Trump had done during his, his administration uh, that really that hurt Russia, supposedly. And um, Bolton was on there uh, actually stating otherwise, that when Trump was there, Trump had certain deficits uh, that he saw when he was his national security advisor. And, um, and he's pointed them out in his interview. So what we're going to do is I want to go ahead and play uh, the video clip so you can see and you can hear what, what I mean in reference to this spouting match that was uh, essentially happening between these two individuals. On Russia? I mean, if, if we have a list of obvious th moves that he made, he obviously wasn't Putin's puppy as he's been portrayed as. I don't think he understood what he was doing. That's my fundamental point. This is not really a policy argument. This is about Trump's lack of uh, any significant historical knowledge, his lack of strategic thinking, and frankly, his lack of thinking about pretty much anything other than what benefited Donald Trump. Why was he concerned about Ukraine uh, in the summer of 2019? Because he wanted that DNC server. Why was he concerned about corruption in Ukraine? Because he was looking for an excuse to cover the reason he was refusing to send $250 million of security assistance to the Ukraine. And only when that finally blew up in his he face... Said, he did, did send he some assistance, though. I mean, we did sell them arms. It was mandated by Congress, and okay. the, the danger was we were coming up to the end of the fiscal year. He made up the reasons that he did it. He wanted to apply pressure for his own political purposes. I still don't think, I still don't think it's, it's fair to say uh, that, there was, that there was no intelligent moves to keep Russia in check during the four years of Donald Trump in office. I just, I don't think that's I, fair I didn't at all. say that. Okay. Well, I didn't. That's no, questionable. That's fine, because, because I didn't say that. My point is Trump was not fit to be president. He was not competent to be president. He worked for him, though. And he wasn't. I did. I did. I mean, you wanted, you wanted, I wanted to be on to that team. Because I to help protect American, uh, that's exactly right, to help protect American national security. <clears throat> so, um, that is the interview uh, that John Bolton had with uh, Schmidt on Newsmax. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and put this uh, interesting graphic on. And this is uh, the graphic that was played uh, while these guys were pretty much going back and forth. But if you see the graphic on there, and uh, they had put together this graphic and it's titled Trump's Actions Against Russia. 
And so they put these, uh, I want to say, six points. And, uh, or, you know, they put, the, they cobbled together these six points, these six uh, actions uh, that were noteworthy. And I'm going to go ahead and dissect each one of these and we'll take a look at them and see if there is validity uh, in what they posted up here on this graphic. And so I'm going to go ahead and start with the first point. The first point says uh, force, Donald Trump had forced NATO members to pay up. And uh, the reality is that there are are not any countries that are delinquent in their payments, especially when it comes to NATO. Uh, these countries make their own decisions on what percentage, based on their gross domestic product, to spend uh, on their own defense. So they do not owe NATO money if they spend less than other countries who choose to do so. And so there is not one, I mean, all of these countries, there is not a, uh, a standardized amount that each one has to pay. So essentially it varies against, uh, it varies according to their gross uh, national product. And so, yeah, so these countries that Trump speaks about, they do not owe um, any money. They've never reneged on any of that. Everybody is current. And then there is a second issue, and the second issue says that Trump had sanctioned the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And I want to say that Trump actually signed into law sanctions from the U.S. Congress against companies involved in constructing a new gas pipeline between Russia, that spanned between Russia and Germany. But the analysts have said that the Trump administration had dithered too long for these sanctions to really stop the project's completion. And as of now, from what I understand, the Chancellor of Germany has decided, because of the actions that Russia has taken very recently against the Ukraine, they've went ahead and essentially stopped the project from continuing. And so even then, uh, Biden had also uh, got pretty much into the act, and he himself voice the same concerns. So I would say that that was not really an effective move because this was a European matter or European decision. The Europe, As a matter of fact, Germany, uh, the Prime Minister of Germany has voiced that same uh, concern that I have, which is that this is their business, this is their... Uh, their European thing, and it is they don't have to uh, run this by the United by the United States. And then I'm going to go ahead and take a look at the number three. 
point that they have here. And he says that Donald Trump has had uh, sanctioned the oligarchs that were close to Putin. And when we're talking about oligarchs, we are talking about uh, people that are wealthy, wealthy industrialists from Russia. And so these are people that are center of the trade that happens between us and them, our, our industrialists and their industrialists. And so this is how trade is, is uh, formulated. But anyways, it is true that the Trump administration did put sanctions on some Russian oligarchs in 2018. But then a year later, these sanctions, uh, as a result of pressure by uh, various business groups, uh, were lifted on uh, three firms. And that's because the sanctions led uh, to global aluminum prices to briefly spike. And Russell, one of the sanctioned firms, happens to be one of the main uh, world's aluminum suppliers. So all of these other countries, well, especially us, we needed this aluminum. And so these, uh, these industrialists had pressured uh, Trump, and they had also pressured Biden that we need to keep this kind of trade going because we are going to have these aluminum product deficits. And so that is what has actually has transpired with these actions uh, that Newsmax has listed on their on this graphic. And I'm going to go ahead and move on to the fourth one. And the fourth one is rather controversial, and it's controversial because Trump had said that he would, uh, that he had. Well, apparently Newsmax says, "Look, Trump has sold anti-tank uh, weapons to the Ukraine, and that's a very positive thing because of what's happening now." Uh, but um, this goes back as far as uh, why. It was one of the reasons why Trump was impeached a second time. And if you recall, javelins were mentioned in the July 25th phone call between President Trump then and and, uh, actually the Ukrainian President Zelensky at that time. And this essentially led to a whistleblower uh, complaint that then spiraled into an inquiry that resulted in Trump uh, being impeached. And so during this particular call, uh, Trump had urged President Zelensky to launch investigations into his, into his rivals, and his rivals being uh, Joe Biden at the time. And then were also, um, there was also inquiries about Hunter Biden's and and his uh, business dealings there in the Ukraine as well. And um, so, yes, so during the call, Trump had urged Zelensky to launch his investigations. and But at the time, Trump had actually placed roughly $400 million of congressionally approved security assistance to the Ukraine. So you have to remember that this 
$400 million were, con- were approved by Congress. Um, and so Trump had put a, a, a uh, this particular money, he essentially put this money on hold and uh, and the president uh, was then accused of dangling this aid um, over Zelensky as part of a broader scheme uh, to pressure him into launching these investigations that we just mentioned in reference to uh, Joe Biden and Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, and their business dealings and so forth in the Ukraine. Uh, <clears throat> the aid essentially was ultimately released in September, uh, and then less than a week after the uh, three House committees launched an investigation into his administration's efforts to pressure the Ukraine to help his re-election campaign. But never mind that the sale of the Javelin missiles that came with a price or rather some stipulations uh, for one, the missiles had to be stored in the western part of the Ukraine, which was essentially at the time far away from the conflict uh, in the Donbas region. And then these missiles, they were not to be used in the conflict against the pro-Russian separatists. So then we have this interesting conflict here where this stipulation was that uh, it just so happened that the people that were going to be used against were pro-Russian. So you have to think about uh, this particular action in a different context than what Newsmax, Newsmax has presented here. And so we, and thus we move on to this other one, this other action where they say, uh, well, Trump withdrew from the INF treaty, and that is a good thing. And, and well, um, the INF treaty, for one, has been extremely successful in the destruction of a total of over 2,692 missiles within the specified range. And so instead of highlighting this accomplishment, we are opening up the possibility of a new arms race by deploying limitations set forth uh, in this particular treaty. And so this is just seems to be another step backwards uh, in our in our armed controls, in our uh, ongoing armed controls relations with Russia. And no doubt this action in the Ukraine, may have actually affected this uh, because tensions are not great between us and Russia at this time. And so the if you and so we move on to the last point or the last action that Newsmax has credited Trump in achieving in his administration. And he says here, well Trump has expelled Russian officers. Uh, and well, yes, Trump did uh, the Trump administration did expel uh, 60 Russian uh, diplomatic staff from the U.S., and but a lot of these ex, uh, uh, expulsions, if you will, 
they were actually a regular feature of the Cold War. And these expulsions have, as, as well as uh, embassy closures on both sides, they have taken, uh, taken on an air of ritualized formality. And they represent more symbol than substance. In other words, all this impairs is not, it's not, all this impairs is just the continuing spying of these countries between one another. That is essentially what it does. And, and like I said, this has been going on since the Cold War. Uh, this is, and if you remember back in the 80s, 90s, uh, this went on back and forth, back and forth. Um, more so in the 80s, but you would hear this constant thing about Russia expelling U.S. Uh, embassy staff, and then the, the U.S. would respond with uh, in kind. Uh, and this is nothing uh, uh, to celebrate over. This is not an accomplishment. And so it's a no wonder that it wound up as number six on this graphic. And so this brings us, this whole thing brings us to uh, John Bolton's appearance on um, on Newsmax. And what we have to say here is that John Bolton is given, given the stories, credence about Trump's intellectual um, shortcomings. And... And so we have to consider what he says because it's been echoed by a number of other people who at one time associated with him and served under his administration. Uh, but it's interesting to note that uh, John Schmidt here, the host of Newsmax, had he tried to put John Bolton on the spot by saying, look, you're saying all of these terrible things about Trump, but yet you had no qualms in being part of his administration. And so here we have John Bolton respond by saying, look, uh, I had a job to do, and I found that this job had an air of importance, and that is what I did. I, Yes, he served under Trump. It was just a very sketchy situation for him. He found Trump very sketchy, but he found that the job was important. Totally, uh, totally separate things. You, sometimes we work for horrible buses, uh, bosses, but we still have a job that we were hired to do. And we do this jobs, uh, probably until something better comes along, or maybe you find the job that much rewarding that you are willing to put up with your boss for whatever reasons because you enjoy certain aspects of your job. And in this respect, John Bolton had a job. It was national security, a very high-level job in the administration. And so I wouldn't put it past him uh, to think that essentially he was uh, he did have these morals. He had his uh, political aspirations. He had uh, these concerns in him to want to perform this job 
uh, despite the fact that he had these reservations against his boss, who happened to be Donald Trump. So yeah, this is it uh, for today. If you have any questions about uh, this information, uh, this video, you are welcome to post uh, your comments on there. Uh, I would very much like to read them. Until next time, thank you for joining me on Political Buzz.